0: Welcome to Biblical Christian Worldviews Selective Article Podcast. So let's get started. Today's podcast is a bit unusual because it's a revision of one that I did um, probably over two years ago uh, and updated. The title of it is, Why Did God Allow Sin Into the World? So the foundational question is, does God have a choice when it comes to allowing sin? Couldn't he just speak sin out of this world, given that God created the universe and everything in it? Why did God allow sin into the world? Well, first of all, um, these questions, to answer them honestly, we need to begin with an understanding of who God is. He is omnipotent having unlimited power, the ability to do anything. He's omniscient, knowing everything from eternity past to eternity future. And he's omnipresent. He's present everywhere at the same time. And there are a number of verses uh, to support each one of those claims. For clarity, God's omnipresence is not the same as pantheism, which is God is everything Uh, and in everything, which is a Hindu and Buddhist theology. So God is everywhere, omnipresent, but he's not everything. So when does sin sin start? The sin and evil that we see today in this world, crime, sexual immorality, hate, etc., started a very long time ago, before the earth even existed. Before the beginning of our time, God created the angels, and the greatest, most powerful among them was Lucifer. We know Lucifer, an angel, became Satan, a fallen angel. God did not create Lucifer as evil, but created him as the highest angel in his army. Lucifer chose to turn to evil, and God allowed it. God refers to Lucifer becoming Satan when Lucifer chooses to sin, in Isaiah fourteen, thirteen through 15 Satan's sin was pride. Initially, he wanted to be more than just the highest of angels. He wanted to be like God. Ezekiel 28:12b to 17. At the beginning of time, if God had the power and authority to do away with sin, and he claims to love us, 1 John 4:16, an unrepentant sin would send us to hell for eternity, why didn't God stop Lucifer and his demons, the other fallen angels who represent Satan's army, from sinning? Simply put, God allowed sin to enter Lucifer, who then became Satan, because God allowed him to make a free will decision. Lucifer's pride became the first evil to enter God's perfect creation. When Lucifer now Satan fell into sin, he corrupted a third of the angels to follow him. So what about mankind and 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 our slide into sin? sin enter our entered our world and mankind through adam romans five twelve Yet we know God loves us first john four eight even while we remain sinners james four seventeen further we know that unrepentant sinners. Go to hell, for eternity, Matthew twenty five forty six. Yet many, understandably, believe God wishes none of us to perish in hell for eternity, Second Peter three nine. How can we reconcile all this? To begin with, why didn't God stop Satan from enticing Adam and Eve to eat the forbidden fruit, which was likely not an apple? If God knew, both knew. And had the power to stop him. And perhaps more importantly, why does God continue to allow sin in us today? Romans 3.23 So let's talk briefly about predestination versus free will. There's an overriding factor beyond God's absolute sovereignty and love for mankind. Adam and Eve listened to the serpent who was Satan in the Garden of Eden. They were driven by the same desire, pride, and jealousy that Lucifer was, to be like God. Genesis 3.5 God knew what they were going to do, but still gave them the free will choice to eat the forbidden fruit. God does the same thing for us today. He gives us the free will to make decisions to either do the right thing or the wrong thing every day of our lives. But does that mean God is no longer in control? Can God's sovereignty and our free will coexist? What about scripture passages that clearly state that everything is under the control of God, which is predestination? Proverbs 19:21 states that many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Many theologians believe that free will and predestination are opposite ends of the theological spectrum. Folks have to land on one side or the other. The challenge is that both concepts are re- represented in numerous places in Scripture. Free will can be defined as the ability to act at one's own discretion, John seven seventeen. Predestination can be defined all events have been determined by God, especially salvation. John six forty four, Romans eight twenty nine through thirty. Many argue predestination is incompatible with free will, and that God can't allow both. It should be said that this controversy between predestination and free will has been raging in Christian circles for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. So in an answer Using scripture and a bit of common sense, the following is my suggestion for the paradox of why God allows sin and how one reconciles predestination with free will. However, a complete understanding remains an acceptable mystery for the faithful on this side of the grave. So in the parable of the laborers in the vineyard, uh, in the scripture Matthew 20, 1 through 16, the master of the house paid his laborers the same amount regardless of how long they worked. Jesus explained in Matthew 20:15 the sovereign right God has to make his own decisions on fairness by saying, "I or sorry, I am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge me my generosity?" God speaking. In the same way, God has the right to choose when to interject his will into our lives and when he chooses not to. In the case of most things we do often, but not always, we have no idea when we're operating under our own free will and when we're being directed by God. God often allows us to make free will decisions because he desires uh, us to love him. And love can only come from an individual's free will. If God directed every decision we made throughout life, where would our desire to love him come from? We would be nothing more than automatons or robots. What would be the point of prayer, witnessing to others, or having his love letter, the Bible, available to read and apply to our lives? However, just because God knows everything each of us will do or think well before we do it or think it, omniscience, and omnipresence. And he has the power to change anything he wants, omnipotence. That does not mean he will always choose to do so. There is at least, in my view, one significant exception to God's willingness to allow our free will. And that has to do with our salvation. As sinners, if given a choice, we would never repent and accept God, the Father, and Christ the Son, as our Lord and our Savior. I believe in this case God, through the Holy Spirit, overcomes our natural human sin nature, dragging us kicking and screaming to the cross as we acknowledge our sin, Romans 3.23, ask him to save us, Romans 6.23 and 5.8, and accept him as Lord of our lives, Romans 10.9. There are many verses in scripture which support this position. Romans 8.29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Ephesians 1.4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. John 6.44, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up. On the last day. So, a caution this concept that God has already decided who will be saved and who will be lost can lead to a feeling that there's no need to share our faith as biblical Christians. This is an unacceptable and theologically unsupportable position in which some who believe in predestination can become trapped. So, how do we reconcile God's predestination of those who will be saved while still supporting the Great Commission? Matthew 28, 19 through 20. The answer is simple. No one knows what God knows. He calls each of us to spread the good news, Acts 1.8, to the lost and dying world. Some of our words will fall on poor soil and some on good soil, Matthew 13, 4 through 9. And then the harvest will come. Our responsibility is to sow seeds of faith, hope, and love. God is the harvester who will decide when, who, and how the gathering will take place. 1 Corinthians 3, 6-7 So the question we started with was, why does God allow sin? The answer is, it is necessary to perfect his will over mankind, which is to allow us to honor and love him. Sin and evil are sadly necessary to show the opposite, our love for God and his love for us. John three sixteen. Adam and Eve likely never understood the concept of love before their fall into sin. Free will is not free if there are no good versus bad choices. In heaven, we will be without sin, but we will have a memory of it and how God offered us his son as full payment for our sins. Our worship and love of God will emanate from what he did for us through his son on the cross.